Uh, welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Kondrat, and I hope everyone is doing well, and thank you so much for joining this webinar. And for those of you that are joining for the first time, um, you are able to uh, ask questions, and uh, you are able to communicate with me uh, just by typing in your question, and I'll try to answer those questions either now or uh, email you or at the end of the webinar. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about the alternative treatments of cataracts. So this is a really important topic for me because uh, cataracts are probably the most common eye problem that I see. Often cataracts are the first sign of someone getting eye disease. Typically, you begin to get early cataracts after the age of 50 then uh, it either progresses to macular degeneration or glaucoma, depending on the way you approach the disease. And of course, uh, you know, cataract surgery is probably the most commonly performed ophthalmic procedure. I know this procedure very well. I perform tens of thousands of cataract operations. I was really good at it. I was featured on the cover of Ophthalmology Times for uh, my innovative work in cataract surgery, and I love doing this operation. But then over the course of time, I began to feel that, well, maybe there's a more natural way, maybe there's a better way, maybe cataract surgery is not the best way to treat this disease. So my conversion, I'm a board-certified ophthalmologist and practiced traditional surgery for over 20 years. When homeopathy cured me, of my severe case of asthma, I began looking at alternative treatments and treating eye disorders, and I've been integrating alternative therapies in my practice since uh, 1990. So what is a cataract? You can see here that a cataract is a clotting of the lens in the eye. And the lens is like a small magnifying glass, which helps focus the light on the retina. So the cataract has... Um, its main function is to focus light. It also can change shape. So one of the ways that uh, you can change your focal image from distance to near is by the change in the shape of the lens. So as we get older, it's normal for the lens to become more rigid, uh, perhaps change in uh, color uh, because of the ultraviolet light. And that's another feature of the human lens. The human lens also helps reduce the amount of ultraviolet light going into uh, the eye. And here we see uh, on the top left an example of a cataract uh, blocking the vision. It has a whitish appearance. In fact, the word cataract comes from a Greek word meaning waterfall, that the ancients described the cataract as a, as a waterfall or something coming in front of the eye. But it is not in the front of the eye, it's inside the eye. It's a clotting of the lens inside the eye. So it's nothing that can be scraped off the front part of the eye. It's actually inside of the eye. It's a discoloration, a clottiness, a structural change of the lens. And the bottom uh, right, uh, you can see the blurred vision that results from the cataract. Now, the most commonly performed operation, as I mentioned, is cataract surgery. This is done by an ultrasound. It's not done by laser, although some patients 
confuse the ultrasound, which is high frequency sound waves to break up the cataract, remove it. And then it's replaced with an intraocular lens. Now these intraocular lenses have a problem because they are made of plastic and we're beginning to uh, understand that plastic can ca cause a problem. Uh, the plastic material leaches into the eye, it leaches into the brain, and the phthalates and benzene derivatives can have a toxic phenomena. So what are the causes of cataracts? I don't like to use the word aging, but unfortunately we have to mention that. As our body gets older, it is a normal response to aging. Some of us age better than others. And of course, I'm going to talk about ways that you can help slow the aging process and reverse it. And one of the best ways is nutrition. And I feel that nutrition is the number one cause of cataracts. Also heavy metal poisoning, heavy metals. Uh, uh, invariably, almost everyone I see with the cataract has elevated lead and we have to check the lead. We got to uh, begin methods for reducing the lead. Excess ultraviolet light, and I'm not that sure about this one. It's written in the literature that ultraviolet light causes a, a cataract, but I'm beginning to feel that uh, ultraviolet light is essential for the health of the eye and the body. It is true that excess ultraviolet light might cause a cataract, but I think it's more it more has to do with nutrition and toxicity. So the essentials to treat cataracts are diet, nutrition, proper hydration, detoxing heavy metals and reduce stress. So let's talk a little about each one of these. Uh, as many of you know, I'm a big advocate of the 70-30 diet. 70% 70 of all the food that you eat should be raw living organic food. 30% uh, can be cooked, but it still should be organic. Now, um, scientists have observed that when an individual does uh, develop a cataract, there's a decrease in ascorbic acid levels and glutathione levels in the aqueous humor that binds the lens. So it makes common sense, or it makes sense, that if these levels are decreased uh, in the aqueous humor surrounding the lens of the eye, we need to find ways to increase the ascorbic acid levels and increase the glutathione levels and this has become a basis of treating cataracts uh, using eye drops and nutrition. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the eye drops. But let's look at the glutathione containing food. Our friend spinach, we hear about spinach over and over again. Spinach has a very high source of lutein, which is also good for the macula. Uh, broccoli. Uh, more and more research is coming out with broccoli, that broccoli uh, is uh, one of the best vegetables in terms of anti-cancer, uh, improving the vascularity. We got Brussels sprouts, parsley, not only has glutathione, but it's a chelating agent, avocado, asparagus, grapefruit, strawberries, and milk thistle. So these are all the foods that uh, contain high levels of glutathione. Now, foods to avoid, and uh, there should be no surprise that white sugar is number one. Uh, corn fructose, high fructose corn syrup, sucrose. So you can see that all the sugars 
Uh, also fruit juice concentrates because they tend to be extremely sweet. Uh, milk, sugar, lactose found in all dairy products. So uh, I enjoy cheese. I enjoy a little milk uh, with my coffee, but the, I think the dairy products should be reduced. Certainly, if you have been diagnosed with having a cataract, you need to very carefully avoid all these foods or just consume them in extremely small amounts. There's also a 10-second test, nutritional test. Uh, this mineral, as many of you know, I'm a really big advocate of making sure your zinc levels are normal. It's called a zinc tally test. And if you do have a strong taste, uh, then that means you have proper levels of zinc. And the way this test is conducted, a small amount of zinc sulfate solution, a 1% zinc sulfate solution is placed in your mouth. You swish it around and you record the taste. Strong taste, horrible, proper levels of zinc, a weak taste, poor levels. This reflects the nutritional state of your body. And I have found that the majority of people that I evaluate, even if they're taking zinc as a supplement, are deficient in zinc. So why is this? Well, you're not taking the proper kind of zinc. Also, it's related to heavy metal poisoning and our poor diet. Proper hydration is essential. You know, cataracts are some people say they're a dehydration of the lens. The human lens becomes dehydrated. So my goodness, you got to drink more water. Dr. Batman Geldi wrote a wonderful book all about proper hydration. <clears throat> Your body's many cries for water by Dr. Batman Geldi. And he feels that many chronic diseases are due to dehydration. I'm a big advocate that you should be drinking one half of your body weight in ounces of water. Um, and make sure it's a good source of water. I advise you weigh yourself, measure the amount of water you need to drink every day, put it on your kitchen counter and make sure you consume that. And a matter of fact, right now, I'm going to have a sip of water. Now, where can we find a good source of water? We know that the dangers of public water Pharmaceutical agents are now found in water. And I already mentioned the dangers of plastic, plastic intraocular lenses. We used to think that plastic and water bottles uh, were good, but now we're finding that the phthalates, the benzene derivatives are leaching into the water. And I think plastic toxicity is uh, a number one environmental cause. You can't help but go to a grocery store and everything's wrapped in plastic, stored in plastic. We're just being inundated with plastic and it's toxic and it's poison. I like reverse osmosis. We have this in our home, uh, and it's a way to ensure that your drinking water is purified. I know that many of you will say, well, reverse osmosis removes the minerals. Yep, it does, but I think it's much better to remove the toxic minerals and chemicals and then supplement your minerals, either by taking Himalayan sea salt which I think is one of the best products for mineral replacement, or by eating a very good, healthy, organic diet. Now, uh, in terms of using Himalayan sea salt, I like Himalayan sea salt because it's mined from an ancient inland sea. Our oceans are contaminated, so this salt is not contaminated. 
just put a small pinch in a quart of water and that should allow a lot of your mineral supplements. Also, it's important to balance the autonomic nervous system. You've probably heard me say this time and time again, the body will not heal if you are in a sympathetic state. The sympathetic state is the fight or flight. Um, so a lot of you have anxieties because you have eye problems, you're losing your vision, your doctor is convincing you that you'll go blind if you don't take your eye drops or have surgery. You gotta take a deep breath and reduce stress. And of course, one of the best ways to reduce stress is physical exercise, meditation, prayer, positive affirmations, and the microcurrent that many of you are doing will reduce stress and also light therapy. So uh, the more I practice alternative medicine, the more I realize how important it is to reduce uh, stress. So find out what works for you and you gotta practice stress reduction every day. We're living in a very stressful time. Uh, there's so many things that are happening to us and you gotta take a deep breath, meditate, physical exercise. I make it a point to meditate every day to try to get some physical exercise and try to um, fill my life with positive affirmations and surround myself by positive people. Now, there's no question that cataracts are linked to heavy metals. In fact, there was a Harvard study done that showed that cataracts and lead are related. If you do have cataracts, you need to be tested for heavy metals. The best way to be tested is not a spot urine test or not a blood test. You need a six hour urine provocative test. And the way that's done is you take some capsules, a chelating capsule, and this will remove the heavy metals uh, that are locked in your body because the lead doesn't stay in your blood or urine. It goes into your bone, your brain, and your eye. So by taking these pills and collecting your urine, then sending into the lab, will get an accurate assessment. A hair analysis is not accurate. It can be a very crude screening, but I don't like the hair analysis. And here's an example of a patient who came back with an elevated lead. You can see that right in the middle, PB, which is a symbol for lead, it's 12, normal should be two. So our goal is to reduce the lead, to get the lead into the normal safe area. Now, how do we do that? No question, a chelation therapy is the best way. It's essential to remove heavy metals. Dr. Rowan fills that one IV, EDTA chelation treatment a month can prevent cataracts. You're able to do it rectally, orally, or topically. I prefer the IV, uh, but we also have rectal suppositories which work very well in oral, and there's even a topical cream, which doesn't work so much for lead, it's mainly for mercury poisoning. I hope that all of you will investigate chelation therapy you can go to the website www.acam.org and find a doctor that does chelation near you. Recently, the tax study, the trial to assess chelation therapy was concluded. It was a $20 million study over 10 years involving thousands of patients. It was a controlled study, randomized, uh, and it conclusively showed that people who underwent chelation therapy had a marked reduction 
in cardiac events as high as 38%. Now, wouldn't you like to do a procedure that reduced your rate of a heart attack by 38%? Of course, they didn't study lead. They didn't study eye disease, but I see an improvement of vision and in general health with chelation all the time. It's a wonderful therapy you need to consider. Now, what about eye drops? There's a lot of marketing being done with eye drops. Can they cure cataracts and what eye drops are effective? So we have a couple of different eye drops. We have the over-the-counter eye drops, which I'll talk about. We have prescription eye drops. We have experimental eye drops. And I want to talk a little bit about vitamin C. The two big over-the-counter eye drops are Can-C and Cineraria maritima. Can-C has L-carnosine for neutralizing existing free radicals and reducing cataracts. And Cineraria maritima is a homeopathic eye drop. Now, both of these products, I feel, can prevent the progression of a cataract. And let me repeat that, prevent the progression. But I have not seen these eye drops to be effective in reducing cataracts. We have two prescription eye drops, which need a doctor's evaluation. One is called Oclumed, and the other is a DMSO, ascorbic acid glutathione combination. Some of you may have remembered earlier in the talk, I, I mentioned that physiologically, ascorbic acid and glutathione levels are decreased in the aqueous humor when you develop a cataract. So that drop makes sense. DMSO is a solvent which helps carry the ascorbic acid and glutathione into the eye. So both of these drops need a doctor's prescription and you need to be under a doctor's care. These are the ingredients for Oclumed. L-carnosine, which is the free radical that's in CAN-C, and acetyl L-carnosine, which is a precursor to glutathione. We can see the glutathione's in there. Cysteine ascorbate, uh, it's a good source of vitamin C, and L-cysteine. So it's a nice eye drop uh, that can be used to help reverse cataracts. And this is the ingredients for the DMSO, ascorbic acid, glutathione. This has to be made by a compounding pharmacy. It's my opinion that this drop is probably more effective than the Oclamed, but it's a hassle uh, getting it made by a compounding pharmacy. So typically, uh, I have patients that are using one or the other. Use the drops for three months to see if it has a positive effect. If, it, if you don't have an improvement, then switch to the other drop. Now, experimental drops, they're experimental EDTA. Remember I mentioned that EDTA is the best way to remove lead? Well, Dr. Ansari at the University of Texas Medical School presented data at the Association for Research in Vision and Ophthalmology in 2009, and he showed that EDTA can reverse diabetic cataracts in animals. This was a kind of exciting to me. So right now I am working with a pharmaceutical company to develop a cataract drop that has ascorbic acid, glutathione, DMSO, and EDTA. So this experiment is underway right now and it's uh, in observation, chemical analysis. Um, the eye drops have to be uh, stored for three to four months to see if there's any contamination and also to see if there's any active in 
ingredient if all these ingredients are still active. So I'll keep you posted uh, through my newsletter on the results of those drops. Now, one of the most interesting things I discovered about cataracts is the relationship with vitamin C. We already talked earlier that the ascorbic acid levels in the lens are decreased with cataracts. And I heard a talk by Dr. Levy, and he felt that there is more to vitamin C than treating scurvy. Scurvy is a condition that results in severe bleeding, collagen, loss of collagen tissue, and ultimately death. But scurvy is rare, but there are focal forms of scurvy, like polio, herpes virus, uh, hepatitis, measles, and, and things like that. Um, so focal scurvy in the mouth produces periodontal disease. It can produce arteriosclerosis. It can also produce osteoporosis. Focal scurvy is also felt to be related to Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease. And focal scurvy in the eye is felt to be related to a cataract. So that means that high doses of vitamin C may be very effective in treating cataracts. Dr. Levy's book, Curing the Incurable Vitamin C, uh, he feels that the reason why vitamin C does not reverse many diseases is because you don't take a high enough dose. So if you are interested in uh, looking at vitamin C and treating the cataract, I recommend that you find an integrative doctor and do have some intravenous vitamin C treatments. Uh, you can have up to 100 grams intravenously. It's interesting that humans and guinea pigs are the only mammals that cannot produce vitamin C. Uh, we have goats on our ranch and a goat under stress can produce up to 100 grams of vitamin C a day. That's right, 100 grams. But we have an enzymatic defect. We cannot produce vitamin C when we're under stress. So consider high doses of vitamin C. Uh, let me back up here. I'm also recommending that you consider taking high doses of oral vitamin C. You can take up to five to six grams of vitamin C a day. Make sure that you take corn-free vitamin C, uh, non-GMO vitamin C, because if you're taking corn vitamin C, vitamin C derived from corn, there's a good chance that it's probably genetically modified and it's going to be poisonous for your body. Increasing glutathione. We already mentioned the foods that have glutathione in them. Uh, whey protein, alpha-lipoic acid, melatonin. Um, Silmarion is an extract seeds of the milk. Thistle can increase the glutathione. The problem with glutathione is that the glutathione capsules don't work very well <clears throat> because the glutathione is destroyed by the stomach acid. So you need to take some type of a glutathione precursor. Although some manufacturers are making a glutathione liposomal capsule, which protects it from the stomach acids. And uh, a common therapy is intravenous glutathione. I don't have any experience of using glut intravenous glutathione to treat cataracts. I think it's much more economical uh, to use the glutathione eye drops that I mentioned earlier. 
Uh, quercetin is a major flavanol in the diet. It inhibits lens opacification. Uh, and it uh, also has a role of inhibition of hydrogen peroxide-induced cataracts. So many of these ingredients are found in some nutritional formulas. Uh, rutin, highly beneficial in fighting cataracts. It works synergistically with vitamin C and quercetin. Um, uh, later on, I'll talk about a vitamin formula that I developed that uses no ingredients. But now I want to say that maybe light therapy may, may be the next big advance in treating cataracts. Light increases cytochrome C oxidase activity, which is part of the electron transport chain and energy of the eye. It also stimulates mitochondrial activity, which is the powerhouse of the cell, and it detoxifies the cells. There have been some reports that light therapy with cataracts or light treatment of cataracts can reverse the cataracts. This is uh, Professor Dr. Tina Carew, uh, who uh, presented at the International Light Association. She's from Estonia, and she is one of the top researchers in light, and her data is phenomenal, showing the value effect of light. In our office, we use syntonic color therapy, and uh, my favorite color for the treatment of cataracts is Mu Delta. It's a yellow-green. It uh, is a good for chronic syndromes. A cataract is chronic. And it's also good for detoxifying the body. And this is a device we use in the office. Of course, at home, uh, we give you these glasses, and you use a 15-watt halogen light bulb to administer the light treatment. So do not end, underestimate light therapy. Light therapy can have a profound physiological effect, as I mentioned, stimulating cellular activity and detoxifying the eye, especially the cataract. And here's an example of a patient sitting five feet away from a gooseneck lamp with a 15-watt halogen bulb. Brighter doesn't mean that it's better. We like this low illumination to gently stimulate the eye. There was a Danish study that showed that infrared lasers, the red cold laser, can reverse cataracts. And it was an 800 nanometer infrared pulsed at a femtosecond um, that was used. We are using, um, uh, this is the results here, the haze disappeared. We are using a cold laser uh, to treat a cataract through a closed eyelid. Uh, also, I've discovered the delta laser. Uh, I have talked previously about pulse electromagnetic field. This laser uses a combination of pulse electromagnetic field, red, infrared light, syntonic light, and ultrasound. So it's a combination of four devices in one. Many of these devices separately cost eight to $10,000. So this is a remarkable laser that can administer the red infrared light, the pulse electromagnetic field to help not only in the treatment of cataracts, uh, but also macular degeneration. It can be used for musculoskeletal problems and many other. So if you're interested, give the office a call. I believe that ultraviolet light is our friend, not our foe. Uh, of course, anything in excess can cause damage to the eye including ultraviolet light. 
Too much water can be toxic to your body. Too much oxygen can be toxic. Vitamin D is in the news. Uh, it seems like we're all deficient in vitamin D. Uh, alternative doctors and medical doctors are measuring people for their vitamin D levels. And the reason for that is we're not getting enough of ultraviolet light. I think ultraviolet light, lack of it, might be the cause of cataracts. Not too much of it. Now, at the Will's Eye Hospital, they studied uh, rabbit retinal pigment epithelium, and they found out that it will not regenerate without low levels of ultraviolet light. And I think low levels of ultraviolet light are essential for our health. Um, uh, in a previous webinar, I talked about Dr. Bates. Uh, he talked about sunning. And there have been some studies now to indicate that um, the effects of light on the eye can strengthen the retina, uh, help regenerate the eye. And these are some articles here that showed that Bates is right, because whenever Bates talked about sunning, it was conducted when the sun was low on the horizon, which has a more of a red spectrum, uh, red near infrared light. And uh, Bates described sunning as closing your eyes and turning your head gently back and forth and to uh, experience the illumination of the bright sun uh, penetrating the closed eyelid on your retina. And here's an example of a, a picture from Dates's book where he was focusing sunlight with a magnifying glass on the closed eyelid. And here's another example of, in our office of using the red near-infrared light. Uh, microcurrent, I was introduced to microcurrent uh, when I was treating Sam Sneed. Uh, microcurrent improves blood flow, stimulates cellular activity, and can remove scar tissue. It can have a role in helping uh, reduce cataract symptoms and regeneration of the lens. Lance Armstrong, in addition to doping, routinely used uh, microcurrent to reduce inflammation. There's another athlete on the right, myself and my wife. Uh, we routinely use microcurrent to reduce inflammation and help healing of the body. We use frequency-specific microcurrent. Each uh, generation of the low level of current has a unique frequency which vibrates with the tissue. So one of the ways in treating cataracts is that we have a specific frequency for the lens of the eye. It vibrates with the lens. It brings energy to that particular part of the body and helps in reducing the symptoms of a cataract. So microcurrent can reduce scarring, reduce inflammation, stimulate cellular activity and detoxify the eye. Microcurrent is a very, very nice complement to the light therapy. And uh, many of you that are uh, uh, treating yourself for cataracts are using uh, microcurrent and light. But I do have to emphasize that earlier I mentioned nutrition and removing the heavy metals. These are probably two of the most important things that you can do to help improve your vision. And this is the microcurrent machine we use, the Insper Star. Now, cataract surgery might lead to macular degeneration. And this is one of the reasons why cataract surgery should be your last resort. There was a five-year results of the Beaver Dam study. 
And they had um, shown that there's an increased risk of macular degeneration. In fact, there's a threefold increased risk of advanced macular degeneration after cataract surgery. So based on homeopathic principles, uh, that also explains why there's an increased risk because the real cause of the disease is not being addressed. The cataracts are removed and the disease is pushed deeper into the body. So the bottom line is you really not, you really have to look at the underlying cause of the disease. I'm not totally against cataract surgery, but I feel very strongly that you need to look at alternative treatments. You need to remove the lead. You need to have to strengthen your nutritional system before you uh, go and have cataract surgery. So the thoughts and why there's an increase in macular degeneration, it may be the events of the surgical procedure itself, shock to the eye, inflammation, and use of pharmaceutical drops. Another reason is that the human lens acts as a protector against ultraviolet light. So after cataract surgery, you lose that natural protection. And the last is uh, based on homeopathic principles that surgery does not treat the underlying disease. So there's three reasons why cataract surgery may lead to an increase in macular degeneration. I'm a big advocate of homeopathy. And the first homeopath was Moses. He took the calf which they had made, burnt it in fire, ground it into powder, stood it upon the water, and they made the children of Israel drink it. And this is how we make our homeopathic remedies. We grind it, we put it in powder, mix it in water, and have you drink it. Now, in homeopathy, um, it's a completely different approach to traditional medicine. Homeopathy believes that the body has a wisdom. And when the body develops symptoms, we give it a substance which actually produces those symptoms. So Moses gave the children of Israel, Israelite part of the golden calf. And gold in homeopathy is used for depression and despair. So we respect the wisdom of the body, that when the body develops a symptom, it is because the body needs it. So a substance that causes a symptom in a healthy person will cure this symptom in a diseased state. For example, belladonna produces a fever, redness of the face, and throbbing headache. So if somebody comes in with a fever, redness of the face, and throbbing headache, we will give them homeopathic belladonna. Miasma was cured by taking a homeopathic remedy that causes asthma. So many times when we treat a cataract, we will actually use a homeopathic remedy that causes cataracts. Now, this may seem kind of disturbing to some of you, and some of you may say, well, I really don't want that treatment. But if you really think about it, if the body has a wisdom and it's producing a change, it's because the body needs that change. So let's help it by giving an energetic substance which will cause that. So, for example, an onion, when you peel an onion, you get watery eyes. Well, homeopathic onion is used to treat watery eyes. You get bit by a bee, you get redness and swelling. We use homeopathic apis mellifica to treat redness and swelling. A rattlesnake bite will cause hemorrhage and bleeding and edema. We use that to treat hemorrhages. The thing that we're really 
concerned and I'm concerned is this idea of suppression. That if you don't treat the body the way it wants to be treated, a more serious disease will occur. And this is one of the reasons why after cataract surgery, there's an increased incidence of macular degeneration because you're not listening to the body, you're pushing the disease deeper. So in homeopathy, we look at this underlying cause and we try to treat that first. So homeopathy doesn't only look at your eye problem, it looks at other diseases and physical problems, including your mental and emotional state. And in my experience, homeopathy is one of the best ways to help you not only improve your vision, but also your health. Thank you for watching this webinar. For more information on how you can reverse eye disease and restore lost vision, uh, the first step would be to download my best-selling book, uh, 10 Essentials to Save Your Sight. There's a link at uh, my home webpage, www.healingtheeye.com. And this is a free download. This book is just uh, chock full of information and suggestions on how you can begin to restore lost vision and preserve your eyesight. Also, you have the opportunity to sign up for a free consult. I will personally review your eye records and make recommendations for your particular problem. And there's no charge for this. Go to www.freeconsult.us. And can you, you can always uh, call the office at 1-800-430-9328 or email the office at info at healingtheeye.com. And we will share with you uh, our latest eye protocols for your particular eye problem, whether it's cataracts, macular degeneration, glaucoma, dry eyes, or various other problems. We'll be happy to share that information to you. This is uh, Dr. Edward Kondrat wishing all of you good health and clear vision.